Hello, everyone. It is Sunday, May 5th at 7 o'clock, and we are the Tech Educator Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and today is actually the first of a multi-part series that's going to teach you how to create a dynamic and digital 21st century classroom. We have all of our guests today, so sit back, relax, and enjoy... gentlemen, welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast, coming to you live each and every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern with your hosts, Jeff Herb, John Samuelson, Sam Patterson, and Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and with me, as always, are my guest hosts I want to bring on to the show, Mr. Sam Patterson, coming to us all the way from California. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing great this evening, and the weather is beautiful here. It's finally cooled down. And uh, what's going on recently in uh, in your world? How's Patui? Patui is awesome. We had our first guest post uh, went up yesterday. Uh, Catherine Trinkle talking about how to use Google Forms as part of the writing process, a really excellent post. And coming up this week, we've got Carl and William, Chief Edu Disruptors, and they're going to be leading a chat about the impact chats have on pedagogy. So kind of like taking chat chat to the next level. Nice, nice. And uh, how, how is your brand new website, org? Patui.org is amazing, versatile, gives me everything I want. It's like the mother I never had. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) Nice. Well, let's swing from California down south and let's bring on John Samuelson. John, how are you today? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm trying to put together a trampoline. It's been tough. And how are you doing that? Uh, Very slowly and methodically. Do you have directions? I have I have directions. I'm not very I'm not very um, technically inclined. With the computer, I'm okay, but with others, no, not really. <laughs> not really a fixer guy. Kind of, kind of more the Tim Allen of EdTech. Oh, oh. How's everything with the Techlandia show? Was it's going good? I haven't um, put up the podcast from last night, but we had a bunch of principals on there. So we had a bunch of principals from around the globe, and we talked admin yesterday. And I just sat there and bit my tongue a lot, and but I did speak up for the teachers. Wow. Well, thank you for doing that. <laughs> and uh, going from Texas to Chicago, uh, we have Mr. Jeff Herb from Instructional Tech Talk. Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good to see you all again this week. And how's things on the ITT? Uh, the ITT is doing well this week. Uh, had a great show that uh, you and I co-hosted, Jeff, uh, that was released this past week all about podcasting. We kind of shared some of the information about the equipment we use in either our own personal setups or in the classroom. And then you search for an answer to the question, can you podcast for free? And as Jeff said earlier, we're going to not answer that question. You just need to listen to the show to figure that out. So I had a really good time doing that show with you, Jeff, and uh, is excited that it's out. You know, part of that show is we also said that we would be giving away some free apps. So That's uh, true. I, I haven't yet uh, gotten any requests for said free apps, but uh, if you are out there listening, check out that show. It's show number 18 on Instructional Tech Talk and also show number 88 on TeacherCast. And so... Uh, yeah, definitely check that out. And I know at TeacherCast, we had a great week. We just actually got done um, on Friday, actually. I had a great time over in a high school in Philadelphia where we talked all about creating a 21st century classroom. So I want to give a, a great shout-out to our friends, Bill. And, uh, yeah, John, you're, you're showing off your Phillies gear. The problem is they lost to the Marlins today, 14-2. to two. So That was pretty good. I'm, playing the, I'm showing this out for my boy. Mr. McNology, he loves the Phillies. <laughs> nice. The Phillies are doing amazing. They've lost consecutively to the Indians and Marlins, and then they beat the Mets, which I don't think the Mets actually have a, a team anymore. But but that's okay. There's a lot of great stuff going on in Philadelphia today. We had the Broad Street Run where uh, 10 miles in 52 minutes? I, I think that's insane. Ooh. 
Um, but, you know, that's, that's what happens down Broad Street. People run a lot fast. But today, <laughs> just to let everybody know, first of all, thank you guys very much for watching. We have a great month of shows today, uh, this month in May. We're actually going to be going into a series on creating digital classrooms. And for, of course, all of our great shows, you can find us over here at our website, techeducatorpodcast.com, where you're going to find all of our great uh, audio and video and links to subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, currently, the only way to subscribe to us on iTunes is by finding us on the TeacherCast network. But, uh, but John, I believe we're going to be getting a graphic soon, which means we're going to have our own iTunes channel. Isn't that right, John? Oh, yeah. The graphic is all set. It's 1400 by 1400. I think it looks pretty good. Do you have a copy of it? Can you, can you pull it up on there for us? Can we Let's see. Yeah, here? all right. It'll take me a second, but yeah, I can. So, the uh, graphic is all set. It's fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred. Is like one of my students saying, "Here you go. The essay's five hundred words." <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, I'll open it up. It's around. I just, you just caught me off guard. <laughs> So what we're going to be doing this entire month of May is talking to you about how to do a digital classroom. And we do our shows every Sunday night at 7 o'clock, and we do them webinar style. And so basically what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about class websites. Why are they important? How to create one? And we're going to be demonstrating various websites from WordPress to KidBlog to Weebly. And all throughout this month, we're going to be talking about different things that you can do to add content to that website to create a digital classroom. Now, wow, John, that's a really nice graphic there. You like that one? That is a really nice one. So uh, look for that. As soon as we get all that stuff into the uh, the hopper, as they say, we'll be putting it up on iTunes, and uh, probably the link will be techeducatorpodcast.com slash iTunes. And, uh, and so, yeah, be looking for that in either the next week or the next two weeks. But uh, let's talk a little bit first about a digital classroom. Guys, when you think of the words digital classroom or my favorite buzzwords right now, 21st century education – what are some of the things that come to mind? You mean other than the fact that we're like, I don't know, nearly a fifth of the way into the 21st century? Precisely, yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think about being able to leverage access to students. You know, previous education was built on the access that existed. I think about what can we do in order to use the new access that students have, access to the internet, access to each other, access to screens. I was just talking, my, I just dropped off my mom at the airport, and she was a teacher for a long time, and she, I, she's going to Montana. She was telling me a story on the, on the way there about um, one of my old third grade teachers, and uh, that when she first got a computer in the classroom, she'd let kids go back and kind of like in second grade type stories and then if they finished I guess they would play read a rabbit or whatever and uh, one of her one of my old my old third grade teacher said wait how the kids aren't listening to you so how can you how how are you teaching then and my mom was kind of like that was kind of the first steps towards it going away from lectures and stand and deliver method and using what you using the tools that you have to let kids learn about what they want I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Well, you know, through Twitter, we took a little poll recently. And and the poll that I asked was, what does a 21st century classroom look like? And and it's amazing the different answers that we have. Let me pull up some of the, uh, the points here. First of all, the question came up as, what does a 21st century classroom look like? And everybody agreed that it definitely has to have some form of technology. And people then agreed that it has to have some kind of mobile component, something where you can not only move around the room, but you can take the learning outside the classroom walls. And then these words kept popping up. And and these are buzzwords, but these are really some of the main points of what a digital classroom is in 2013. You have to be able to connect, connect to others, communicate with others, collaborate with others and i think the most important one is that you need to be able to create stuff the students have to be able to take charge of their learning and create and in order to do that you need to not only understand what today's students are doing but you actually need to create lesson plans that meet the needs of digital students and so what we're going to be talking all about today is the function of a website and and this is a question that i know all of us get a lot of what do we use how do we do it what is the function of a website is it just for information and 
today we're really going to see how we can take this a step further. And we're going to share three different types of websites. We're going to talk about Kidblog, Weebly, and the one we're going to start off is going to be called WordPress. Now, there's two different kinds of WordPress, so I don't want to get people confused before we start. One of them is called WordPress.org and WordPress.com. And it's WordPress.com where we're going to spend most of our time talking about. There are so many things that I think you can use WordPress for, from class blogs, school websites, e-portfolios, mobile websites, parent contact portals. Really, the list is endless. People use them for wikis, social websites, video archives. There's a lot of reasons that you can use a WordPress website. And the best part about it, I think, is that WordPress is completely free. WordPress.com, you can have an amazing class website and do it completely for free. Now, I want to show off some of the different websites that you'll see out there. And this is an example of my class website, and it's nbthsmusic.com. I've shown it here on the site before. I use it for sharing all of my homework assignments. And this here is a component to my site that has video. Here is actually an example from a college. Now, I want you to keep in mind as you're looking at all these examples that they all look very, very similar. They all have a picture up top. They all have a header. They all have a menu. And then on the sides, we have these things called sidebars. Now, I think you'd agree, Jeff, that it's very, very simple to put together a WordPress website very, very quickly, even if you've never done a, a website. Wouldn't you agree, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when people talk about WordPress... You know, in the tech community, I think a lot of times they're talking about WordPress.org. And WordPress.org is a self-hosted solution and can take some, you know, extra needed know-how to be able to set it up and get it functioning the way you want it. The great thing about WordPress.com is that it has a lot of great functionality built into it, but it's really just kind of like drag-and-drop type functionality on how you set up your Word or your website. So... Uh, Jeff, I think you're absolutely right. It's really easy to set up because you have a kind of limited amount of options, but that really makes it a lot easier. You get a great looking website without having to, you know, cycle through a bunch of different options to get it to where it needs to be. Now, the websites that are coming up now are made with WordPress.org, but I want you to really see that they all have the same four basic features here. It has a heading, it has a sidebar. It has a content area, and then it has this the menu. And it doesn't really matter what you're looking at. It all can be broken down into these basic components here. And as you can see, this is some of the ones that we've made up here for Jersey Education and for TeacherCast. I've got two more here. This is our TeacherCast University site. And really, the sky's the limit. And the best part about creating a WordPress is however you want to use it. You certainly can. So let me take you here through a few other steps because, first of all, to create a WordPress website, whether it be .com or .org, it all starts the same way. It all starts with this white blank website. And I know some people are listening to the audio feed and some people are listening to the video feed, but really quickly, the top here is our header. This middle section is our menu. Right down underneath of that, we have our blog posts, and on the side, we have our sidebar. And I want to show you a quick demonstration of how you go from a blank website like this to a robust-looking, you know, classroom-style website very, very easily. And for those who are out there watching the audio or listening to the audio feed, we'll talk you through here. And um, first of all, with WordPresses, and I think you guys could all understand, there's really two different sizes to the WordPress sides. There's the front end and there's the back end. Here's our front end and we can see there's nothing on here and here is the back of our website and it's a really menu-based system. It's very, very simple to look at. First thing that we want to do when creating a website is to go into appearance, which is how we're going to determine what the theme is. Now with WordPress.com, you can have, what's the number, Jeff? A couple thousand free themes available mm -hmm. to you. And I know yep. if you have .org, you've got tens of thousands because you can start to purchase themes anywhere from five to ten bucks to hundreds of dollars, depending on what the themes are. So the first thing that I want to do under WordPress is click under appearances and go to themes. And if I wanted to, I could search through themes, but I found a really nice theme here called Academia, which I'm just going to quickly activate. 
And now you can see I have it activated right here. Now if I go back to the front, I have my white plain website. I hit the refresh button and boom, it automatically changes the theme. The colors are all set and I'm looking to dress this up very quickly here and I want to put a picture on it. So how do I do that? I click over here onto header and I want to choose an image and I'm going to choose a file and I have a banner already selected, so I'm going to choose that. It's going to easily import into the media library. I'm going to select it. I'm going to hit set as header. I'm going to publish the image. And then I'm going to hit save. And then when I come back to the front and I hit refresh, you'll see it's just that simple to create a website, to put a header in here, and... As far as creating pages and posts, that is also very, very simple. I'm just going to go and hit new page. And we'll call this page Tech Educator Podcast. If I had some Ipsum, Sam, maybe we can talk about some of those Ipsum sites out there. Uh, I know you've got a couple good ones, but we're just going to put some, some random gibberish in here. And I'm going to hit publish. And then you'll notice up here, as soon as I refresh, right up on the top, I have a brand new page on my website. Now, this is a very quick demonstration of WordPress. Yeah, go right ahead. And, um, you know, I just wanted to show off that it is really, really easy to get in to create something and to uh, fill it with simple content. Now, Jeff, what's the next step that a teacher would want to do after finding a theme and really creating that shell? Well, that's a really great question. I mean, you need to decide what the functionality of your website would be. Um, you know, you have your actual site developed. You have the actual place where you have like an open canvas. Um, and if you want to start putting together, you know, your pages or your posts, I mean, I think that's the direction you're going here, Jeff, is mm -hmm. you want to start generating content for your web page. And, you know, Jeff, you touched on the ab ability to make a page. Um, you know, the same thing goes for posts, and you can kind of turn that into like a blog type environment as well. So really identifying what you want your class website to be uh, is really what needs to be done first, because then that'll determine if you're going to make a couple of different static pages that redirects people to different, you know, resources, or if you're really going to turn your class website into a place where you're going to be generating content pretty regularly uh, then it makes sense to use it more as a blog and you can share out information maybe for each day, the links for the day for your classes. Um, and that's what I used WordPress for when I was in the classroom. Each day I'd put a post up with what we were doing in class that day and links to relevant articles or resources that students could use. And it really just kind of turned into an, uh, you know, a really easy archive of our daily lessons and the kids loved it because they could go back. If they were absent, they knew that that was a place where they could go for information uh, and probably be caught up by the time they got back to class after being sick or something. So, Jeff, you know, I think after creating your shell, it's really determining how you want to use your class web page and then uh, either creating your static web pages or uh, using it as a blog and just starting to create your content and your posts. Now, Jeff, we do have a question here from our, our live audience. And again, if you're listening here, we broadcast live every Sunday at 7 o'clock Eastern at teachercast.tv. And we have a listener that says, can WordPress.com be made private? Ooh, good question. Now, I would assume that if you don't want anybody else to see it, you don't have to publicize it. I know with WordPress, there's a, a, a button that says, please request that the search engines don't index me. But right. it also has a disclaimer there that says it's not 100% accurate. If Google happens to see you, Google happens to see you. Can you lock down things? Can you lock down things like comments? Yes, you can have all of your comments approved or anything else can be approvable. I know that's what we do at TeacherCast. I don't let comments just completely run wild on the site. I make sure that they're approved first. Right. Um, Actually, I, was, I Googled it real quick and I got to the WordPress.com support pages. And yes, you can make your uh, you know search engines hidden so that they cannot index your site. But you can also make your site private on WordPress.com so that only people that you choose 
are able to view and comment on the site. So it is an option. It's under the settings tab and then under reading and you have the ability to choose who you'd like to be able to access your site. They'd have to log in in order to be able to gain access. Nice. And Jeff, I, I know we're kind of doing this on the fly. Can you pull up on one of your sites the, the widget bar and talk about some of the widgets? And I'm going to ask Sam right now to talk about how to fill your website with content <laughs> if you don't have content. And, and I'm bringing this up, Sam, because a lot of times – People are looking at a, a website or a demo website, and they have this term lorem ipsum. What does that mean, and what are some ways that we can fill our website with content if we're just trying to create things? Has he got it muted? Sam? The, the ipsum is a, a text <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, and generally it's just a pile of Latin. But there's a number of fun um, alternatives out there, and I'm just remembering another one. <laughs> there's a number of really fun ones out there. One of my favorite is this one, Filarati, where it, let's tell it that we want six paragraphs of Moby Dick. There you go. It's, it's just delivered me six paragraphs of Moby Dick, right? So when I don't know what I'm going to put on my website, but I want to make sure the formatting looks good, bang. Now, let's say looking smart as default gibberish isn't your thing. Um, that's cool because we've got bacon ipsum, which generates, you know, bacon ipsum, dolor, set, a meat, tenderloin, T-bone, pig, venison, <laughs> sausage, ham, right? Um, now, there's some people that are just like, wow, that's the most disgusting thing in the world. And uh, here is cupcake ipsum, which is, you know, much less meaty than uh, bacon ipsum. Fluffier. Fluffier. Yeah, there's Danish toffee, water ice toffee water, ice cream powder, bear claw, oat cake cookie, marzipan, you know. Nice. Makes about as much sense as anything. But, you know, leave it to me and I'll stick with come, come, Captain Bilad, stop palavering away. And with that, Pegleg hurried him over the side and both dropped the boat. You know? All right. So, Jeff, talk to us a little bit about how we can dress up those sidebar widgets. Sure, no problem. Let me <laughs> share my screen here and we'll get going. Um, the really nice thing about widgets is that there are several of them built in already and um, are easily usable, I guess, in WordPress. Let me get my screen up here. I think it's sharing. You can see it, right? Yes. Fantastic. This is, uh, like Jeff said earlier, this is WordPress.org, um, and this is actually the back end of instructionaltechtalk.com. And uh, the sidebar here. Uh, will show exactly what's showing on my sidebar on my site right here. So all of these different, you know, interactive items are actually widgets that I can control from the appearance submenu and then the widgets item right here. And the available widgets are all the different available options that you have to put in the sidebar of your website. Some themes have two sidebars, one on the left, one on the right. Some have two on the right two on the left, one on the right, one on the left. I mean, it's very customizable depending upon your theme. So um, you'll have the options to fill your sidebars uh, based on where you have the options listed on this uh, right-hand side over here. So in my sidebar on Instructional Tech Talk, I have Social Box and the information for that, and that displays my Twitter button and a Facebook button that shows how many followers, how many fans on my Facebook and Twitter feeds. Um, the nice, really cool thing about uh, the sidebar is that it supports HTML and JavaScript. So you can just use a simple text uh, widget and then fill it in with a script and it will show things like your um, your Facebook fan page with all the profile pictures from the people that have liked your page. And that's pretty cool. I really like do, doing that for the people that uh, follow my page, just kind of giving them a little bit of a shout out on the page as well. Uh, there's an ad to help kind of offset costs. Uh, you can put in links to the iTunes for the podcast. I embedded a poll. I've already taken the poll, so I can't show how you can do that, but it, it will then in, uh, instead show the results to the poll. So, I mean, it's really unique information that you can share on a sidebar, and it's all things that you think people would want to have quick access to. 
Um, this widget will show three different categories, my fans, the latest posts, and what's popular on my site right now. And it's dependent on uh, comments and views. So uh, you just have a lot of great options. You know, some of the standard ones are like archives. It'll show the latest archives from your site. It'll show a calendar with your different uh, posts based on the calendar. Um, the tag cloud will just show a cloud of all the different tags that you've uh, attributed to different posts. And, um, you know, it's just, oh, here's your WordPress popular post. That's what I was showing just a little bit ago. But it's as simple as dragging it over and dropping it, and it will show up on the sidebar. That's all you got to do. It automatically saves. When you see that little uh, menu stop circling, like it is right there, that means it's saved and you're good to go. All you do is put in a new title, how you want it to display, and hit save, and that's it. Widgets are really easy ways to have a little bit more interaction available on your website. And so I'd highly recommend making sure that you uh, include those as well because the polls are great for kids. They, they love being able to go to a site and interact with it. So check that out. Very, very nice. And uh, Sam, we have a lot of interaction here. Uh, they said thank you to your bacon Ibsum. They're now leaving the show and they're going out to make dinner. Oh. So one of the things that people are asking is about safe websites. And I want to show off a website that's based off of WordPress that you can use on your classroom or in your classroom. And that site is KidBlog. Now, KidBlog is an amazing free website for your classes where you can create a teacher account and then your students can then fill in the classroom accounts. And let me bring up KidBlog.org here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to log in. And I might actually what I'm going to do to make it a little bit easier is I'm going to go to kidblog.org slash music theory 13 because that's my class. And this is my class website for Kidblog. And I actually have taken this link, this kidblog.org slash music theory 13, and I've linked it onto my class website for nbthsmusic.com. So when the kids go to my website, they hit the link to come over here. And the best part about KidBlog, I think, is right here, you've got these viewer stats. I mean, my kids think it's amazing that 6,300 people have checked out their website. I mean, that is really, really neat. And you can see that people have looked at it all over the world. And again, just like I said with, with WordPress, you have a header, you have a menu, you have tags, and right here, this gives me a list of all of our students. And what I'd like to do is click on this one here from one of my kids. And you'll see that each of the kids is given their own theme. And they can create their personal WordPress site. Now, the question again comes up, is it safe? Yes. Um, with KidBlog, you can completely lock it down so that all of your kids have their own passwords, all of their kids' um, comments are, are, are approved and blog posts are approved. Nothing comes up on this website unless I approve it. When my kids submit a post, I get an email which alerts me that A, they've done their homework, which then I can go back and figure things out. Now, here is a homework assignment that the kids had over the weekend. I asked them to write something and so they put up a MIDI file and a PDF file and I asked them to write about it. So, here is, for example, the MIDI file that they've downloaded. And if I click on this, it takes them to the finale file. So I'm not going to open that up right now. But lots of great things can be done with KidBlog. It is an amazing uh, system. I think they're up to 1.6 million users right now and uh, growing constantly. So, um, you know, check out KidBlog. Certainly search out KidBlog over at TeacherCast. I've had them on the show a couple times, did a few blog posts on them. I think it's a really, really nice system, and it's free. So, again, we're talking free systems. Now, uh, John, you have another website that your school uses that's also free called Weebly. Why don't you talk us through that and show us how that one works? Okay, so I will say I will give a caveat and say that we do have the pro versions for our district. So that's what we've got. And um, so it's free to a point, and then you have to have some features. So really for this one, I'm just starting with a blank um, website right here. And you can see that it's pretty plain. I've just titled it um, No Title, but if you just wanted to get started with it, all it is is just a click. You can start. Um, 
through. You have your text buttons over here so you could link your Facebook page, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, all that stuff if you wanted to. And really, it's pretty, pretty much just as simple as just going through, adding images. And let's see, I will go down and go to my desktop. And I will go to the folder called Weebly. And I will go ahead and put in a banner. This is one of the only banners I had, so then we'll go ahead and see if that one uploads. You can see that it's uploading down here. And then you can sit there and turn it around or whatever you want. Once you've hit OK, you're fine. You click out of it. You just hit Save up at the top right corner. And you can save your for this. This is going to be your header. And you can save it to all pages or this page only if you want to change around your headers and things. And voila, you're up and working pretty fast. So now it's already looking uh, smooth. Now, one of the things that you can do is there, there's a lot of the buttons over here are your basic tabs. So if I want to go ahead and hit a design, I can see all the different themes, kind of like you were talking about in WordPress then. So if I want to go and give it kind of a rustic theme, I can go ahead and take a look, and I'd have to go back in and add my header again, which is one of the pains which teachers don't understand. They kind of get started, and they're like, hmm, I think I'm going to change my theme. And then they realize that they have to go ahead and upload their image again. So that's just a little word to the wa word uh, warning, I guess. And you can see that it's pretty easy to change colors on it. And the little seven, you know, shows you that you have seven different colors for this theme. You could have nine different colors. And so it's pretty interesting to go through and just kind of sit there. I'll st I like the mountain one for some reason, so I'll stick with the mountain one, and I won't change it back. Now, one of the things that you have is you have your elements right here. And so what I like to do is I just tell teachers to start simple and just drag down whatever element you want. So it's just a simple drag down paragraph with picture. You've got a little title right there, and you could say class blog if you wanted to. You could hit the image right there, same kind of image. You could just go ahead and upload. This one's for Sam. Picture of Arnie Duncan. You can see that it's uploading. And then you can go ahead and just start typing. Really pretty simple to go ahead and change what you want because that's pretty small. So you can bold it and you can go ahead and change the color if you want to. And then it's just a simple plus. It doesn't even use sizes. It's just the plus and the minus button. And you can just start typing as easy as that. Now, one of the other things you can add is if you have the pro version, and this is where what I was talking about comes in. You can put in YouTube videos, but if you want to upload your own videos, you have to kind of go with the pro version here. So you, all you do is drag that down. It'll go in there, and you can click to upload a video. I put in this video right here. This is just a simple iMovie that I'm uploading, and you can see that that'll take a while, so we'll go ahead and page past that one but it's pretty simple and it's got some simple little design elements going on and I, I really think that Weebly is quick and easy um, for teachers that have some different um, you know problems with their website sometimes we were a little bit more problematic with getting our websites up but um, it's pretty it's pretty simple to go through sorry to be keep clicking through it so I'm not getting what I was looking for because I'm uploading the file but um yeah, it's it's pretty it's a, it's a nice little thing to go through, and uh, I think that our teachers have liked it for the most part. Let me try and see what I was. Oh, there's what I was looking for. I was looking for photo gallery. Of course, I'm going to be uploading too many things then. But that's pretty much as simple as it gets right there. You can just go ahead and add your images, and you can drag and drop. And that's what I think the big feature of, of the Weebly is. It's just the drag and drop feature. Mm -hmm. It's pretty nice to go through and be able to do all those things. And, and so that's about it. Weebly is completely online, right? And there's nothing that's saved on your hard drive. It automatically gets popped up to a website, and they automatically give you the website address, just like WordPress, right? Right. So if I wanted to go through and finish this one, I'll hit publish, and then you can go ahead and you can use a subdomain of Weebly. So a lot of times what we did, I think mine is BCE Creek Elementary Samuelson, and then .weebly.com, and then you could go ahead and continue, and they'll just publish it right there. And then once you're done publishing the site, you can go and check it out. And when and you, want, you look, you even have Facebook and Twitter share right there. And so when you want to make a change, are the changes live or do you have to hit publish for the change to move? You can change it all around and then you have to – it's not live until you hit the publish button. 
And so that's one of the things that uh, sometimes, and it's kind of hidden up there. So sometimes the teachers will think they've changed around all these things. I just tell them that publish is almost like their save button then. So they need to make sure that they keep publishing it up there every now and then. Can but you, you can see there's my video. Let's see. Oh, my video is going to take forever. I'm sorry. Can you it's save- not even that long of a video. It's like 30 seconds. I thought it would be easier than that. John, can you save it without hitting publish in case you want to do a lot of work to a website? I think I think you can. I think that it, I think that all the changes stay there once once it's there. I could be wrong. I think you have to. I, I really think that you might have Jeff. You might have to keep publishing as you go. Okay, so if you wanted to make a change, it has to be. You need to have everything done at that one point. You can't go home right. And I think work on I think that we've run into some teachers getting frustrated because they'll go around and say, "I could be I could be wrong," but I think I think you have to publish it to make sure that the changes are all there. Okay. So there we go, and that's pretty much quick. That's a quick little lesson on Weebly, but I think that that one is. I think it's a very viable site for somebody uh, that just wants to get started and get something up there that's just kind of usable for the for their classroom website. Nice. Well, thank you so much for showing that. Uh, just in case for our show notes, are there any good uh, videos or any blog posts that we can attach to our show notes? Sure, I'll get those out. I'll get those. I've got a couple of them that we've been showing to our teachers. All right. And, of course, you can find our show notes over at Tech Educator Podcast. Let me bring that up right here, techeducatorpodcast.com. And uh, we will make sure that you have all the links and everything to those sites as we go through. Now, there is one more that we had a request for. Uh, we've already talked about WordPress, talked about KidBlog, talked about Weebly. Sam, you've got one for us. Uh, what do you got over there? Um, I use Blogger a lot. Actually, when I first started with my class website, I used Blogger a lot because what I needed out of my website was I needed a good place to bring links together for kids and give a little bit of context. But because of the way my school's LMS worked, I didn't need to do a whole lot else. A lot of the class management issues were handled by like Schoology. So here's a page that's the Catcher in the Rye resource page where... I've just, you know, got a partial PDF of some of the text, the lit charts, the Facebook page for Catcher in the Rye, character resources, on down the line, right? These are all just saving the kids from getting lost in the random Internet. Um, I even bring a little, little bit of random into them, which is a Catcher in the Rye-centered paperly page that is embedded on the page here. Um, what I like about Blogger is it's a pretty simple, just one-way delivering information to someone. It can look pretty good. Like this is the Sunflower resource, and I included a lot of images for this because this is for one of my younger classes, and I wanted it to actually you know, look good. But I can also have the vocab cards, uh, the vocab deck from, who are these guys, uh, Quizlet. That embeds right in there because it has a exportable embed code. So much like your WordPress pages, anything that has an embed code, you can drop into Blogger really easily. Um, even the uh, like for this Macbeth, the anticipation guide has a uh, quiz or a survey uh, hosted on SurveyMonkey that they're going to take, and then that dumps the information right out to me. As far as putting it together. You know the. Um, no, I don't. I guess I don't want to do that. Um, what you end up seeing on the edit page, it's pretty much a "what you see is what you get" kind of thing, where you just drop these in by importing them in a very much a word format up here. And there's some controls that you have over here on the side, but really not much at all. It's it's a very minimal. Uh, setup. So if you're comfortable building a hypertext link as far as linking something and clicking on link and dropping the address in, um, you can pretty much do some great looking stuff in Blogger. So I think it's a really good like first platform, especially if all you're looking for is kind of one directional traffic. Sam, are there any advantages to using a Blogger if you already have a Gmail account? Um, it's free. And a lot of the quote-unquote paperwork is integrated. Like when I set up my paperlessclassroom.org, I was able to, all within the Google sphere, 
buy the address, tell it to use that address, and I didn't have to go in and do any of the like mechanical domain changing stuff that makes me really nervous. You know, Google kind of ushered everything through the proper channels, and it just worked, and I really liked that. Nice. Now, we have a lot of listeners right now listening over at teachercast.tv. Would you guys mind some uh, some audience questions on this? No. Um, the first one's coming in here from at PegMat, and she says, as far as the free sites go, which would you say has the most features? Now, I responded to her on our Twitter feed, at TechEdShow, and said WordPress.org, of course. But then I thought about it and said, well, WordPress.org technically isn't free because you have to pay for your own domains. But WordPress.com certainly has a lot. Now, Jeff, let me start with you. Feature-rich. Do we really need all the features versus what has the best features or what has the most features that common educators would need? What do you think? What, What service would you go with? Well, I guess that depends on their level of tech proficiency. I think if you're just getting started and you do not have a big background on website creation or developing content on the internet, I would say that Weebly would be the way to go. Um, and I say that just because of its, you know, it is drag and drop through and through. I mean, John, you were able to go through and create, you know, a lot of media rich elements in a web page starting from nothing very quickly. And I think that's um, an important thing when you are dealing with some individuals that may not be as proficient with that kind of multimedia. That said, if you are interested in building a free website that you may want to expand upon and grow and be able to move into a little bit more, you may want to start with WordPress.com because if you have any desire in moving to a self-hosted um, website in the future, it's going to be a lot easier for you to transition from WordPress.com to WordPress.org than it would be to transition from Weebly to WordPress.org. So, um, you know, just because it will be in the same script, you'll be able to export all your posts that you've done on WordPress.com and import them into WordPress.org. Uh, that's where I think your functionality is. You have a lot of great functionality on WordPress.com, but it requires you learning really the WordPress environment. And it's not difficult, don't get me wrong, but Weebly is built for people that don't really know what they're doing when they're creating websites. WordPress kind of, there's a little bit of a learning curve to all the way that their stuff is structured and organized. (laughs) So just, that's my two cents. I'd say... Thanks, Jeff. What? I can barely build my Weebly website. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you agree, wouldn't you? Well, well, no, no. I, 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 I I'm just laughing. You, you're you're totally right. You're you, totally right. For for people that don't that are that have a hard time with technology, Weebly definitely works. But you're right. Once it's there, I think Sam even put it in the in the uh, chat box. It's kind of trapped on the Weebly website. Once you've trapped it there, with WordPress, you can move it over and take better control of your things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's I just agree. the expandability. John, are you I better at building if, if websites or trampolines? On... What did you say, Jeff? I'm sorry. Sorry, John. Are you better at building websites or trampolines? <laughs> Definitely websites at this point. Definitely websites. Nice. But if you're the kind of person that can't build a trampoline, Weebly's for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. We, we, we have another, web, uh, another website. Another question that came in here about Blogger. And a Blogger, of course, is a Google product. Now, why would you want to build a blogger site versus building a Google site or a, a Google website? What's I, the, I wh- could take that. I actually have built a number of Google sites, um, and the blogger site gave me a, kind of a cleaner look and a quicker production. You can do anything you want with a Google site. I've actually built up Google sites using cascading style sheets back when I remembered how to code. Um, but as far as like I want to, what I was doing with Blogger mainly was lesson planning directly into the blog so that I could share that one address with the kids and they could get to it easily. Um, and that was the great advantage it had over anything I was doing with Google Sites was that it was just very streamlined, and I could literally lesson plan into the document and move on. Now when I do that, I'm starting to do it in Evernote all the time now with the because Google then it doesn't take up space on my website. With a Google Site, you can have multiple people working on it, just like a Google Doc, right? You can. Can you do that with Blogger? Um, I don't know. 
Or is blogger, I don't let people touch my stuff. Blogger more personal. <laughs> I mean, I, me I'm ask, and I'm asking because with WordPress, right, Jeff, you can have multiple users get in there, and so you can have multiple authors and that and that whole kind of a system. Yes, absolutely. I think you can have guest author. You can have guest bloggers on Blogger. Well, with Blogger, as, as long as you are the creator of the blog, you can give other users the authority to make edits on your blog as well. So it's all user permission based, nice. just like WordPress, but you go based off of Google accounts. And of course, if you have other questions, we would love to hear from you. This is actually going to be Tech Educator Podcast number 13. And you can find all of this video and audio and our show notes over at techeducatorpodcast.com forward slash 13. And again, as we said at the top of the show, this is actually the first in a series of shows where we're going to talk about how to create a digital classroom. Now, next week, we're going to talk about how you can use your website with a learning management system such as Edmodo. And then throughout the whole entire month of May, we're going to be diving into other great tools that you can then incorporate onto your class website. Now, there's a lot of other great things that you can do with a website, such as host live video. And Sam, you're no stranger to hosting live video. In fact, on Tuesday nights for Patui, you have a um, you have some, some funky co-hosts, don't you, Sam? We have all kinds of funky co-hosts. Um, are, are you? Are you? How's the transition here? A, are you doing a puppet transition I'm, I'm here? Doing a, I, I'm calling an audible and doing a transition here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Use use the uh, the chat window, man. Um, actually, <laughs> what you're uh, alluding to is that as a um, as a chat hoster. I have run into a problem that we've talked about before with uh, getting locked up in Twitter jail. And Twitter has some very, um, I don't know, old ideas about who should be tweeting how much. And it's difficult for them to tell the difference between an awesome community leader and, you know, the other spammers, which doesn't make me feel pretty. Um, But this week we set up a, uh, a new Twitter feed just for... Cassius here, and we'll switch over to him and let him do some talking. <laughs> oh, is this thing on? I hate it. Okay, <laughs> what? So, yeah, I spent some time in Twitter jail. You got a problem with that? <laughs> what, what, what is Twitter jail like, Cassius? Um, well, this week it was an awful lot like The Fugitive. And I got to play Harrison Ford. It was awesome. So you had to jump off a dam? Heck yeah. It's a uh, (laughs) spillway, actually. Oh, okay. There we go. Did you have um, any... Were you framed to get into Twitter jail? Because Harrison Ford was framed in The Fugitive. I was totally framed. I've been accounting. There's no way I tweeted too many times. They say that it's like a thousand a week. But, no, no, a thousand a day... There's no way I tweet that much. I don't even have arms. You know, you look very much like the one-armed man, just like in The Fugitive. <laughs> well, I'm not the one-armed man. <laughs> See? And how, how can you help us create a digital 21st century classroom if you're in Twitter jail? I don't think I can. Could you even outside of jail? As a pretty face they put in front, I guess, which is what I'm doing here. Can, can you talk to us a little bit about your uh, your digital presence, your, your 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 Twitter and your website, and how we can get in touch with you? Oh, I'd love to. Thanks, Jeff. Yes, my <laughs> website is Tales from Twitter Jail. Dot Tumblr spelled wrong because they're stupid. Dot com. <laughs> And uh, the Twitter feed, which you really shouldn't follow, is <laughs> at edufelon, E-D-U-F-E-L-O-N. You got to spell slow because those folks in Twitter jail aren't literate, which is odd. That's right. Don't you guys fight over the phone in Twitter jail, too? That's what I, that's what I remember from my time in the clink. There's only one QWERTY keyboard in the whole lockup. 
<laughs> but but Cassius, you don't have fingers. <laughs> so what's your point? Gosh, Jeff, I don't know. I'm scared of Cassius. Yeah, right. He's a bitter, he's unhappy a bad man. Jeez. You'd be unhappy too if you kept getting locked up for the wrong reasons. I know Not it's all in the name of reasons. education, right? So right, it's all for the kids. There's one QWERTY keyboard. Are there like then a hundred alphabetical keyboards that are just impossible to use? <laughs> They're actually Cyrillic. Uh, uh, Cassius, we we have a question for you here live on Twitter. Of course oh, no. we do. Uh, of course it is. Um, why why are you so red and creepy? <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> green screens are green. Sorry, Peg Matt, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> so he would have been green otherwise. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Are they? You want me to get my parents? I don't know how to answer these questions. <laughs> you know, you know, Cassius. I gotta say, you remind me of a wonderful book. You, you, you have. You are read all. Oh, over. tell me a story, Jeff. <laughs> please. Uh, you, you, you walk through my punchline. Oh. I said, Cassius. You, you are read all over. <laughs> hey, Cassius. I just gotta say, fight the power, little G. <laughs> Cassius, what's going to I'm going to get the honey badger to eat you, John. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm scared. Okay. Very, very nice. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, we have a lot of people here watching. What, what's going to be happening in the next couple weeks here on uh, on Tucklandia? Wait, they were watching that? Really? <laughs> hey, we, we, have, we have a big following here, actually, thank you. now. You know what, people? Thank you. Thank you. Um, on Tech Lady, we're actually just going to, this next week, we're just going to go back to format. We've been off format for a couple weeks, and we did one from Ed Camp Waller. We did the principal chat last week, and we're just going to go back to Allison, Kurt, and I talking three apps, three websites, and three people to follow on Twitter. Nice. Very, very nice. And uh, Jeff, what's happening in your neck of the woods this week? How, uh, how are you going to follow up this show with TeacherCast? That's a great question. Um, you know, I was talk- I was thinking about doing, um, you know, a little bit more in detail about how to actually start to finish with a pod- or free podcasting solution. Um, so that's going to be probably a blog post, maybe coupled with a podcast. We might have you back on that uh, for that one, Jeff, if you're interested, um, just to kind of, you know, we talked about a bunch of different resources and I think we just need a case scenario where we actually do it. So if you're interested, let's jump on that, Jeff, and do a two part series or something. How about a nut case scenario? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, of those. I think they're at the bottom of the scenario. screen right here. Sam, what's going on this week between you and your puppets? None of anyone's business. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on Patui chat this week, uh, William Chamberlain and Carl, oh, he's Sagan? got a long last name that's got an L and an S in it. I hope he's not watching. Um, Carl Lichtenfelters? Close, but it's got an S, not an F. <laughs> Carl Lewis. <laughs> I said the oh, S at the end. Carl Orff. Yeah. Um, and he's Carl at Marks. LS Carl on uh, Twitter. And they're going to be hosting the Patui chat this week. And uh, I'm going to be playing in Vegas again. All right. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean by playing in Vegas? Like, like, like Neil Diamond and, and Siegfried and Roy, or do they have Siegfried and Roy slot machines? I don't know. Oh yeah, sure they do. Excellent. Then that's what I mean. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friends, What's I think new with teacher cast, Jeff. Well, I'm working my way to getting myself my own Vegas slot machine. I think. <laughs> um, That'd be cool, the teacher cast slot machine. We should invent that. Um, we have actually the first of two great shows that we did um, Thursday and Friday of last week. We recorded two shows with uh, Samsung of America. And uh, they contacted me, name-dropping, a while ago, asking if I could feature some of their great school districts that they're now working on. So this week we're going to be releasing an episode that I did with Passaic City School District, which is a amazing success story. It's 15,000 students, um, urban school district just outside of New, uh, New York. And um, through a grant that they received of, for like $1.8 million, they actually were able to begin to implement a series of what will eventually be 
5,000 Samsung Chromebooks. And so we're talking about how they're going from literally no tech, no wireless. They said they just got their wireless network in last week, and they've already started to, to deploy their, their Chromebooks to their 6th and 7th graders, and eventually, throughout the next couple months, the next year or so, they're going to be having a one-to-one program in their 6th through 12th grade. And then the following week, we sp- or we're going to be releasing our show that we did with Memphis City Schools, where we're going to talk about how they're using not only Samsung Chromebooks, but uh, something called the Samsung Smart School Solution. I think I have that right, which is a series of whiteboards, Chromebooks, and tablet devices um, to foster their sixth grade math programs. And it's a great story. Uh, Memphis City Schools is actually has a hundred and five thousand students in it and um yeah it, it please check that out it's it's a great so if you're looking at going one-to-one or if you're looking at going google apps for education this week is a great show to watch so uh, look for that over at podcast.teachercast.net and of course you can find this show every single week sunday nights at seven o'clock eastern one hour before 21st century ed chat and um john question about the phillies go ahead I just wanted to say, uh, Jeff, congratulations on getting your ISTE session, your ISTE three-hour session approved finally, and uh, mine will go battle you in head-to-head. Well, are you at the same time? Are you at the same time as I am? Uh, y- yes, I believe uh, we are the twelve. How could the they do that to us? Well, you know, they wanted to give me the eight o'clock show, uh, show, Ooh. but I told them that I'm flying. I don't even have an airplane ticket yet, so we might not be battling head-to-head. Um, we're actually going to be flying in. I'm taking a half day on Friday the 21st, and the earliest plane that I can get is 4 o'clock, which means I'm going to get into San Antonio by way of Dallas um, at midnight. So, yeah, they wanted me to do the 8.30 show, and I said there's no way with six hours of sleep am I going to get up and do a three-hour workshop. So we compromised and said that the 12 o'clock, 12 or 12.30 show, if you are out there going to ISTE, please uh, check out our um, our show I keep saying show, but yeah, I've got a three-hour presentation called Don't Just uh, Publish It, Broadcast It, where we're really going to open up the floodgates. I'll give you the behind-the-scenes of how I do TeacherCast <laughs> and how I do this show, and we'll do a lot of hands-on demos. John, talk to us about your your webinar. I don't know. I think I want to go to that session, Jeff. That sounds pretty good. Um, ours is work. Uh, I'm with Tech Chef for you, Lisa Johnson, and we are co-presenting a three-hour workshop on workflow in the iClassroom. That is nice. And, of course, down at ISTE, I think we're all going to meet up. And I know we're going to do some Tech Educator podcasts and uh, some TeacherCast productions. And I'm still crossing my fingers that we're going to get allowed to bring the TeacherCast booth down there. So um, lots of stuff is happening, lots of stuff going on. Um, I do have to say I just released a video that uh, of a presentation that I did on Friday. Um, so it's called How to Build a 21st Century Classroom. I talk about WordPress. I talk about KidBlog. I talk about Vokey and all the great stuff that I use on my classroom. So uh, check that out. I'll have links on the TeacherCast blog for that. So um, anything else before we uh, sign off for next week? Sam had something. Sam, I see you're ahead of the game. Well, I just... Uh Wanted to let you know that on Wednesday at ISTE, from 8.30 to 9.30 in the morning, I'll be running a digital Tools for the Digital Writers Workshop presentation. And that was off, and now it's back on. That's great. Oh. Very cool. Very, oh, very nice. So Jeff, that means Jeff. Jeff Herb, what are you doing at ISTE? Attending. Okay. <laughs> Jeff Herb, would you like to do the poster session with, with me where – you can come in and we talk about just stuff. Maybe we'll just do a Tech Educator podcast booth. I would I'll love that. It. I'll change uh, it up completely. We'll, all four of us will be at a booth and we'll just be out um, mingling with the people for two hours. I hey, like it. Session. How about we're in the same hallway but on different sides of the hallway all <laughs> Skyping in and doing the podcast together? Ooh, <laughs> That'd be ooh, kind of only fun. if we're all saying the same thing at the same time. <laughs> or we can do this. We can actually do ISTE. We can do six or seven Tech Educator podcasts but yet never meet each other. Perfect. Ooh, I like that. I once had a prom date ask me that. <laughs> So I, I just don't want to meet the edgy fellow, and I think he might beat me up. <laughs> he has no hands. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, can make, I can't make a trampoline, so it's not hard to beat me up. 
Well, guys, check us out all next week. Of course, if you want to check us out and contact us, please go to techeducatorpodcast.com where you can find all of our back channels. We just got done doing the month of April, which is all about social media, social networking, and Twitter. And uh, currently, we are creating a, uh, a publication around educators, educators and educational Twittering. So uh, be looking for that in the next few weeks. And uh, Sam, that's a that's a very blank classroom right there. There you are. Join us next time for another episode of the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff, and for Jeff, John, and Sam, we are signing out. Thank you so much, and enjoy your week.